Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Jukebox Jam Session. Uh, this is episode number eight uh, on the Multiplex Entertainment Podcast Network, uh, a plethora of other podcasts. Uh, and I am joined by uh, by Doug Castle, uh, fellow uh, or Multiplex admin, I guess, uh, or he's like a, 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 a showrunner, show I guess. I, or, I assist. Yeah. I assist you every now and then. It's fun. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Doug is a, that helps us run uh, Multiplex Miscellaneous. Uh, I think it's a general co-host overall. Uh, maybe getting into editing, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, just a, a veteran of the fan leagues. And uh, he had he had been one of the first people to uh, ask me if he could be on. And now is his time. Uh, this is his week to shine. So, uh, so Doug, how you doing, man? Man, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. All the episodes so far that I've listened to have been great. I'm really enjoying hearing the eclecticness and everybody's taste in music. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, we're actually recording this one before the next episode comes up, uh, which is Jim Green. And I would personally recommend you, you check you check that one out because that's essentially like an extension of my of like my episode. Like I get to talk a little bit about a lot of artists that I didn't get to, get to talk about um, on nice. my show, which is awesome. Um, but for those of you who haven't listened before, how the show works is I give, I give the guests uh, the same 15 questions and then they submit them. And I listen to any artists that I haven't listened to before. Uh, and then we talk about it. Um, but the, the question that I always like to ask before I get into every guest: uh, What is it about music that really that keeps you uh, keeps you coming back? Um, for me, music is always like uh, a way into a person's views and uh, how they feel. Um, it, it just for me, it's all about the emotion. Uh, yeah, we can talk about scales, we can talk about chords, we can talk about all that, but if it doesn't feel right, it's not going to be right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, all right, so let's move into question number one. Uh, who is your favorite artist? All right, my favorite artist, uh, not many people probably know who this guy is unless you watched One Tree Hill at one point in time in your life. Uh, this guy, um, his name is Michael Grubb, uh, but he goes by the stage name of Wakey Wakey. Um, this, he is fantastic. His first album was ridiculously good. And I just listened to Salvation because I, I like to refresh myself every now and then on it. And he has two different forms of that album. And it's they're both incredible. Um, yeah, this is... Yeah, whenever you had, whenever you had mentioned mentioned this person, um, I I went I went and he was actually the first person that I, that I went to, and I think this is a good good artist in terms of like setting the tone for what your list would eventually would eventually become into because it's very similar to mine, but it's dialed up a little more in terms of like the folky indie sort of indie sort of scene. Um, I think it's just a little too like. It's almost like a coffee house sort of vibe. I think he has really, I think he has really good stuff. Um, but I think there's just like, it's just something I don't really like, 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 like attached to right away. It doesn't feel like as genuine as real. But like, but I completely understand um, that, that yeah, he's your favorite artist because it's, it's right up your alley. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Almost everything came out uh, pretty much just around the same time that he was uh, appearing on um, on One Tree Hill, and that's what a lot of people just follow about him. It's kind of really different. Um, it takes this kind of like 
really pop-esque, like, indie folk pop, like, putting that all together and giving you these bouncy songs. And then literally four years later, he brought that Salvation album and stripped it down. And it's some of the most beautiful music, just piano and him. And it's just like, yeah. the, one of my favorite songs off that is um, is uh, Stop the World. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's just this beautiful song about stopping the world and wanting to just be in that moment with a person. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's great. Yeah. You can definitely hear the emotion that, that, that he put, that he puts it into the lyrics. I think that's sort of, sort of in the front. Um, I was giving him a re-listen, uh, just before we went on and there was a song that came up, uh, and I just heard like I heard Brooklyn, and I'm like, wait a minute here, what's what's going on? Yes. And then yeah, I I found this, and then I'm like, what the fuck is this song? And I'm like, oh, this is actually like, it's sort of heartwarming, like it's it's heartwarming, and it, like it has it has a message, and I'm like, okay, it's kind of hits the hammer on the head, but uh, but yeah, Brooklyn is literally my favorite song uh, really? that was ever written because it's it's got this really all right so. Um, with Brooklyn for me, it's this song that starts off re sounding real complex. Da -da -da -da. Like the whole the whole piano structure is ridiculously good, and then it gets real simple, and it's just him and the piano and the vocals. And then when when you get to the build ups, the build ups are epic, and in this yeah. song, and it's just really good and it's powerful. Uh, and I, it's one of my favorite songs that he uh, that he's ever written. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely recommend. Like, if you're into like the Lumineers and like of uh, of Monsters and Men, I believe I think it's like That's, in the yeah. same sort of vein. I would kind definitely of, yeah. recommend checking out checking out Wakey Wakey. Uh, but let's move on to uh, your next question. Probably like my favorite question of, of the whole list. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite? Who is your favorite band? Uh, I set originally I sent Brooklyn the wrong list because uh, I was fighting myself with who I wanted to put as my uh, put as my band. Um, but I did settle down on who I who has probably influenced me most musically uh, when I write, when I when I listen to music, when I when I search for music, and it's and it's Death Cab. Death Cab for Cutie is one of my favorite bands of all time. Like I can. I can go and just listen to their albums. I can go and see them live and just get the same feelings of listening to it for the first time. Uh, yeah, I, I have seen them live. I think I told the story before on show, uh, but I had originally went to, they, they played here in Charlottetown. Uh, they opened for the Killers and I originally went to see the Killers and another band and I had never like really listened to Death Cab for Cutie, but my, but my wife, who's a massive Death Cab fan, was like, all right, we need to listen, we need to listen to these guys. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then they open, they open with "I'll possess your heart." And I'm like, cool, you have me sold. Like, <laughs> like one of the like, like the greatest. Uh, I believe it's three minutes and forty three seconds of intro. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's half the song. It's literally Absolutely. half it's, the song. Yeah, just and then, instrumental. And then, yeah. And then, like, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the greatest first lines ever. How I wish you could see the potential, the potential of you and me. It's like a book elegantly bound in a language that you can't read just yet. It's so cool. Um, we listen to listen to plans a lot. That that album. We listen to that yeah. album a lot whenever we go to like I think like I go to sleep album. Um, and it's so I've listened to Marching Pans in Manhattan so many so so many times and like uh, Brothers in a Hotel Bed. Um, I'm was personally a fan of Remainder. Um, and what was the one, um, it's this, it's, uh, it was a hundred degrees, uh, do, oh, do, uh do, um, oh my God, it's, it's escaping a lack of, It's not a lack of color. No, that's, uh, 
Uh, summer skin. There you no, go. No, uh, not summer skin. Nope. Um, oh, why can't I? I'm not sure. But another, another. Uh, it's funny because because we got, we went back to that album. Um, whenever I had watched uh, Friends of Benefits for the first time, uh, because obviously I'll follow you into the dark comes in, and I'm like, oh, this is a really this is a really cool song, and I think it's really intimate and really uh, really heartfelt. Um, I just found out a couple days ago that the lead singer is actually doing us uh, live streams every Thursday. Yes. Uh, yes, he's uh, Ben is doing live streams and it's great. Uh, it's enjoyable to watch. I, I catch it as as often as I can uh, since he started doing them. And he's just because not even just Death Cab. Let's take Ben just in general is a genius. Uh, Postal Service is another great band. Like that's his other band, and they're just as good. Him by himself is just as good. But when you get them all together, you get one of like you get some of my favorite songs. Uh, Transatlantic, uh, Transatlanticism is one of my favorite albums by them. It, it's it's got titles and registrations, uh, tiny vessels, passenger seats. Uh, of course, trans Transatlanticism. It's always hard to say the word, but uh, that's probably my favorite song that they've ever written. Like. Uh, yes, you you love I'll follow you in the dark, lack of color, uh, crooked uh, crooked smile, um, and some of their later stuff. But like this song is just so simple at times, and it's 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 like you just get his voice, pianos, and like it's it's that subtle drum beat. It's that thing that kind of like builds you up. And I'm a big proprietor of like that style of music, as you'll figure out listening to the rest so, of the list. So the question, the question that I wanted to ask you to kind of go off of this, I believe. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think these guys are considered like math rock. Um, they have some, they have some math rock influence, but they're more primarily like emo indie rock. Yeah, because so like, I was yeah because I was gonna ask I was gonna ask you to sort of elaborate on that, but I guess I think there's a couple other artists here that we can uh, that we can go a little farther oh, yeah. um, in that one for sure. Uh, but let's move on to uh, question number three: uh, Who is your favorite genre artist? So I could have went. Uh, I I personally I do like country music, and I could have went with an older country star uh, as a genre artist, but I kind of wanted to push up somebody that I've I've she's slowly rising to be one of my favorite like performer in general of like the Indian emo scene. And that's Julian Baker. Uh, Julian Baker's incredible. Her first two albums are two of my favorite albums of all time. Like they're top five, like they're that good. Um, uh, we, uh, yeah. <laughs> Julian Baker. Uh yeah, uh, yeah. So I, this is another one that I listened to actually, actually today. Uh, you're right on the head. It has that very like indie pop sort of sort of cut, sort of country vibe. It reminds me a lot of like Taylor Swift whenever she first whenever she first started, and like another artist that we're going to be talking about um, in a little bit. Um, and it's just like it's that nice like it's like that subtle almost like breathiness that I that, that I really enjoy and it, it's always great because I think so many artists are like well let's throw in let's throw in so much emotion and let's just um and let's like go full potential whereas like as like you get artists like her and others I think Colby Kaye is another good example where it's like no let's dial it down have it nice and subtle and really sort of let them let let the music do the do the lifting. And that's where the true emotion comes from. 
Like if you sit and watch artists perform, uh, yeah, they have rage on their face or they can like with a band pumping them up, they can do stuff like that. But like yeah. when you have a subtle person, there's a song off her, her second album, Turn Turn the Lights Out. I was trying to remember the title of it for forever, but uh uh it's called Sour Breath. And um the end of the song, the harder I sing, the faster I sink, the harder and then she hits that really punchy like punchiness but like you're like building up that song uh like i'm a big proprietor of mental health too so like like these songs like are real huge uh like kind of like you get to hear what she's saying and thinking and not even just to mention that the guitars on this are ridiculously haunting um we'll get into why i love guitar so much but like the guitars in this are just like beautiful and haunting and they can be simplistic with a little delay and a little chorus over it. And it's Absolutely. just beautiful. It's just got yeah. this beautiful sound. Yeah. I love whenever, um, I love whenever acoustic performers use those, like it'll be like that one effect of like, of like delay, delay and reverb. And I think it's really like, that's almost like a genre within, within that itself. Is, that is emo and that's rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally emo bath rock. <laughs> All right, uh, move on to question number four. Uh, what is your favorite album? I was so excited when you told me that you liked this in the message. I was like, yes, uh, this is uh, We Don't Have Each Other by Aaron West and the Warren Shorties. If you don't know the band, it's probably because you probably know them by another name, which is the Wonder Years. Uh, Dan Campbell started this little project. He talked to Ace Enders of the early November. Um, and he's like, I really want to do this project about a realistic relationship ending. Take Marriage Story. This is the album. This is the album. Uh, it's literally a, a album filled of... They're not personal stories, but they're personal stories. It's it's a concept album done a hundred percent like correct. And uh I love this album from the first track of our apartment to all the way going to Georgia. It's it's one of my favorite albums of all time. It ranks top one or two. Yeah, um, I think I I I might have said this before in other shows. But I think this is like my favorite album of this of this question. Um, in terms of like, this is probably the closest thing in this question in particular that I've gotten to like East Coast East Coast rock, um, and like that sort of like folky sort of sort of bar setting. And I love how it is. Um, I love how it transgresses throughout throughout it because you have like those like sort of like stomping sort of folk, folky tunes, but then as it progresses, you get to get a little more like pop punk, which is interesting mm -hmm. because like because <laughs> like especially here and like a lot of friends my demographic is like you start with like either like folk like folk rock or like pop rock or like country, but then you always go through that pop punk phase in like your high school like early college years. And it just encapsulates like my my like late teens, um, early twenties to a T. Um, like you look at like our apartment uh, is great. Grapefruit um, is really good. I think Say Joe keeps us safe might be my favorite of of the uh, um, of, really of the one. bunch. Yeah, absolutely. If um, I were I to choose a favorite, if I were to choose a favorite, it's it's definitely "Divorce in the American South." Um, I think that song uh, it it shows him. 
you know, it, it shows a real clear cut picture. It's like, yeah, we're not together anymore, but please tell me when I die, you'll come to my funeral. Like that's, it's, it's, it messes you up in parts. Like go into this realizing it's a sad album and it doesn't get better. It's sad through the whole thing, but it's got some great qualities to it. <laughs> Absolutely, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't really catched on to like the lyricism yet. I've only really given it like the one, like the one good listen. But I will definitely be coming back to revisit this, and then I'm sure, like once those things sort of set in, because I'm sure, because like you, you compared this to Merit Story, and for those of you who know me, I think Merit Story is one of the most overrated films ever. Maybe I need to like listen to this album in its entirety, go watch Merit Story, and then I'll learn to appreciate it a little bit more. Um, but uh, let's move on to uh, one of the next question, which is uh, question number. I just lost my list. Oh, Where five. are you? Five. Yeah, there we go. Messenger. That's what I wanted. Uh, question number five. Who's your favorite artist slash band from childhood? So if if you like pop punk, right, uh, I give you some of the originators of pop punk. When people don't think they're the originators of pop punk, they have a very pop punk sound. I I. Go listen to uh, go listen to the first album, and it's uh, Third Eye Blind. Um, if you listen to their albums, and like this was my childhood. I remember the first time that I got introduced to Third Eye Blind. I don't know if you ever had the show where the kids would lip sync and pretend that they were performing. It, it's it's an older show. It's from the nineties. I don't know if anybody is going to remember that show, but they literally used to have a show on uh, it, over in. Uh, the, uh, over in the States, it's, um, it was Fox family. Now it's ABC family, but it was Fox family at the time. And they had a show where every week, uh, kids would come on and lip sync and pretend that they were performing the songs. And I heard, uh, I heard semi-charm kind of life. And I was like, I like this song. Uh, you're talking about 10 year old Doug sitting there and he's like, oh, that's really good. Uh, where can I find that band? And, you know, we had dial-up at the time, so we just were like, uh, took forever to get the album downloaded. But, no, um, uh, I remember I remember getting this CD. I, I, I made a joke about the internet, but I remember making my mom go out and buy the CD for me because I was like, I really want to listen to this band. And everything off their first album, everything off their second album, I've loved. Um they they are my childhood. This is what got me into music. Like when it comes down to a pop punk and stuff like that, that's what I was writing when I was listening to like stuff like this. And it's just, I, I have very fond memories of uh, Third Eye Blind. Absolutely. Um, I think for I think for me, because uh, these guys are also right in my ne- right in my neck of the woods. These are like one of the first artists that I ever remember like hearing on radio. Like whenever like I like I went to. Um, like, like I went to like a, like I remember my drives to daycare, um, and like it would be like Third Eye Blind and like Semi Sonic and like uh, Hootie and the Blowfish and Burning and Ladies, and it would be just like that that encapsulation of '90s of '90s alt rock. And I think a lot of times they sort of get listed as like a one hit wonder with Semi Charmed, but then people totally forget about Jumper and like how's it how's it gonna be? Um, oh my God, graduation! Which I think, which, yeah, which I think are like I think are '90s are '90s staples. Um, and it's just, it's so, it's so good. Cause I, cause I think like, I think that aspect of music is sort of lost. Um, oh, the thing that I wanted to talk about though, um, is that you mentioned that you mentioned that show, um, 
messing the show with the kids lip syncing. I think for yeah. us, like like how I visually came back to music, uh, there was a show on on YTV called uh, Video or Top Twenty Video Countdown, and it was like oh, it was like the twenty greatest yeah, music true. videos. So it'd be like stuff like this and like NSYNC and like Aaron Carter. Um, and it's just this massive nostalgia trip. I've tried to find it since, but it's 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 nowhere to be found. Just so I could like see like what was actually popular like way way back way back in the day, and to uh, and to go back and uh, and hear some of them. But um, that used to be on our VH1 Top Twenty Countdown. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. Gone are the days of, uh, of of music video countdowns, and now it's just like Spotify and YouTube playlists. It's like, all right, what's the uh, <laughs> what's the, what's the flavor of the week? What's but, popular uh, right now? Yeah. All right, let's move on to question number six. Uh, what's a song that makes you happy? So uh, I told you that I like country. Uh, there's a song put out by uh, Casey Musgraves, uh, which whenever it's on, it puts a smile on my face because it's it's literally about following your own path, and it's called Follow Your Arrow. Uh, yeah. I think this song is great because it, it – it tells you to be who you are. Stop trying to shape yourself to other people's wills. And I think that's really uh, a positive message today, especially today. Um, and it just, every time that I hear it, I get kind of like a smile, big smile on my face. And I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this song. Yeah, I'm killing it. Um, yeah, I think Casey Musgraves for a lot of people, I think for me in particular is also like what hap- what would happen if Taylor Swift was a better artist and stayed with country as opposed as opposed to going to pop. Um, I know <laughs> I know Luca, the guest that we had for episode six, uh, he is a sorry, they're a massive Casey Musgraves fan, um, and I like. I, when I gave the song a re-listen, I didn't realize how similar it is to, in terms of like lyricism-wise to um, "Ironic" uh, by Alanis Morissette. It's sort, of, it's sort of that same thing. It's like, well, if you're if you if you eat that cake, you're fat. But if you're but if you're but if you're skinny, they say you're on, they say you're on crack. It's just like it's sort yep. of that like that like call and answer like polar opposite sort of sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it is sort of the thing. It's like that. It's that very positive, very very upbeat like. Um, yeah, I'm not a like I've said before on the show. I'm not a massive fan of country, but I think Casey Musgraves is definitely uh, definitely that that that, that exception. Um, what is is? Have you listened to? Oh my god, uh, what song did she do on Elton John's cover album, uh, Restoration? Uh, I'm gonna look that up real quick. Restoration. She did. What did she do? Oh, what did she do? Where is it? Come on. We were like right here. Oh no, she did Roy Rogers, but that's a yeah. Even still, Casey Musgraves is still a damn good uh, country artist. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think it's it's great to look at the song for what it is too. It's it 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 says it right in the uh, in the lyrics. You can't win for trying. Uh, you know, it's it's you're you're never gonna make everybody happy. So just literally, just follow your own heart. Absolutely. All right. Uh, move on to uh, to question number seven. Uh, what's a song that makes you sad? So this song has not been released by except by a band that actually covered the song. Uh, uh, it was originally wrote and written by Bon Ivers, and it's called Heavenly Father. Um, this song is my writing song. This song, um, when I listen to this song, it pulls some really emotions, like really deep emotions inside my own head because um, the song's about, you know, believing in something more powerful than yourself. And I've had issues with religion my entire life. Uh, 
if there's a God, he made me this way. So don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I don't know why having faith is so hard, but I think songs like this, uh, and it's in the same vein as Wakey Wakey too, because he has he has several religious songs that are on his album. If you listen to him deep enough, and it's just like I hear this, and I and I, it just for some reason I connect to it a lot more, and it just it makes me sad that I I'm not the way that I used to be when I was a little kid, where I could just blindly follow things and like it just brings me back to that time absolutely yeah um I've, yeah the, like the subject matter is definitely a little bit um i guess comp i guess complex because i think i think it i think it really gives a different message depending on what time what time you listen to it in, in your life i think i'm in sort of in, in the same vein where it's like i would identify as a catholic but i'm like there's some things that i, that I don't necessarily agree with um where but i think so I listened to this song like back back to back. I wasn't a massive fan of it of it the first time. I don't like you're very much like your manager Caleb Coho. You're very like lyricist heavy and very into the storytelling. And like I can't write songs worth shit, so I don't really attach to the lyricism as much. So I I'm more of a judgy person in terms of like the musical aspect. And both times that I listened listened to this, uh, it was the acapella version. And there was something in like in the actual arrangement that just isn't isn't for me. I think what it is is that um, whenever they first in have in like the like I think they like the like the backing vocals or whatever whenever they try to do like it's like it's like the synths or like or like just whatever they're whatever they're trying to emulate. I think they're trying to get like too much of like an instrumental sort of sound out out of out of out of them, and it's like they're not letting it be like a true like acapella acapella performance. It's like if you just sort of take out the like, oh, we're trying to transform our voice, just let it be like this, like like you know what I mean? Because um, they because they they do some things in it where it's like really choppy, and I think that takes away from Bonnie Vera's performance overall. Um, and it's just like I think if you I think if you did that, it would attach with me with me a little more. Um, the lyrics I, I completely, completely understand. I think I think the chorus is super powerful in that aspect. Um, I also didn't realize this is also on the soundtrack to the way back. Uh, I believe the uh, I believe the front runner for best picture by default at the moment. By default, right now. And, and I mean, it's really good. Yeah, good movie. Um, yeah, and then whenever I like whenever I was listening to the song, I didn't realize how closely that attaches to that movie because that movie's the, the 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 exact same thing this person with father issues and sort of going back to a religious aspect of, of life um so i can only imagine like i like i was fucking through the uh through the heart wrenches uh watching the way back i can only imagine how you were oh <sighs> uh I'm also a big baby when it comes to emotional movies. Uh, I can't hold back the tears. <laughs> they just flow. Yikes. All right. Um, let's move on then to question number eight. Uh, what's your favorite song to perform or sing? Uh, so this song I've been singing since I was a little kid. I've won talent shows with this song. It's it's one of my favorite songs that the band has written. Um, and it's Yesterday by the Beatles. Um it's such a simplistic song, but it gives you so much, and it's got a lot of heart and soul in it. Uh, and when I perform it, I feel that, and I just kind of like, I, I try to 
emulate what they were feeling when they wrote the song. Um, and, and it's just like, it's so much fun to perform this song because if you do a good job, you're captivating everybody. Uh, so people's faces tell you if you're doing a good job or not with this song. So, yeah. and usually I do a pretty good job. I think I caught on onto the song a, a little bit, a little bit too late. I haven't really like, I, I remember in junior high, I used to think there was a time that Beatles were garbage and then I smartened up. Um, and then into like later, like I'd say probably grade 10 or 11 is whenever I really got in, into the Beatles. But yesterday was like one of the, one of the last ones, I think in terms of like, this aspect of Beatles in terms of that one of like that, like that's that, that solo acoustic performance, I would personally go Blackbird. Um, I just, I, I attached to that one more. And I think that was also because uh, Sarah McLaughlin had done a cover of Blackbird. So, and, and I was introduced to that song a lot earlier. And then I realized, Oh shit, Blackbird isn't actually, actually a Beatles too. Uh, but anything Beatles here is, is, is totally fine. I think, I think they're, well, like they're considered one of the greatest bands of all time for, for a reason. They they're really good at, at like really captivating an audience and really drawing them in. Whether you have like these super serious songs like yesterday, um, Blackbird, while my guitar gently weeps, I would even consider like um, a day in a life is like it plays off as whimsical, but it's kind of serious. But then you also have like you go like to the earlier part of their career. And you would have, um, I saw her standing there, the cover of like Twist and Shout, um, uh, Day Tripper, I think was, is, is, an, is an, another good one in that, in that aspect. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, Beatles songs that I would have in my mix. I think I did, uh, Yellow Submarine once at Yellow Open Mic. That's yeah. Fun. Uh, definitely, I might have had like a couple of, beer in me maybe or like some maybe maybe some shots because i feel like that's especially for like a ringo song i think you i think i think i think you need that given the time frame that, that they would have written that song and like the things that they would have been experimenting with yeah yeah no uh beatles are always fine i mean you pick a beatles song and pretty much everybody knows it you can go with you know like i said yesterday or you go with i want to hold your hand uh you know anything like that, and it's and people are gonna know what it is, and it's a lot of fun to do those songs, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on then to number ten. Uh, what artist is your guilty? Oh, sorry, nine. I man, I uh, cannot do numbers today. What is your favorite instrument? My favorite instrument. I chose an instrument. Uh, uh, overall, an instrument, and it's the guitar. Um, not just the guitar because. I, I love the guitar and what you can do with the guitar is incredible. But when you add stuff like delay and reverb on a guitar, you get some of the most beautiful heart wrenching songs that leave you flabbergasted. I've been playing guitar for, I actually didn't, I, I was literally a singer uh, till I was 24, never touched an instrument. And then I started playing guitar. Uh, <laughs> I played guitar and I, I learned piano and I learned uh, bass, but bass is the same. It's just root notes and a, a couple other things. Uh, don't want to discourage basses. Uh, but uh, no, guitar has always been something that's kind of like a comfort to me. Like I've always been able to just pick up the guitar when I started playing and just play it, you know, and 
just fiddle around changing the core uh changing the tuning is like one of my favorite things finding different tunings uh fag uh fac gce is like one of my favorite tunings to play and that's uh what we call emo revival kids for the ones that don't know that is the emo <laughs> revival tuning uh and then you got dad god uh god yeah. tuning for some people um I, it's it's fun guitar can be really fun to play and then it can also be something that you can pour your heart and soul into and just people can hear it yeah to go back on, under the aspect of like adding a delay delay and reverb like i mentioned that was sort of an entire subgenre in itself and i think the artist uh, like i know that we've talked about guitar a lot but i think an artist that i haven't talked about yet um in terms of that aspect would be rob scallon um i know he's a massive massive youtuber uh but he has a song called rain and it's literally, um, it's a delay. He has a delay, and I believe it's reverb. Uh, but, what they try, but, but what they tried to do one day was is they tried to recreate that song without any without any actual effects. So it's literally, it's like him, him, another guy, and then like a third guy behind him, and they're playing in a handball court, and they're doing this, and they're, they're playing on like, um, they're playing on a delay of an, of an eighth note. Um, and it takes them sixty. It takes them sixty tries. Um, if you ever, if you ever come across it, I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, but to go to alternate tunings, I like I'm the same way. Dad, Gad, like Drop D is really good. Um, I remember uh, a few years ago, I I got into a bit of the Goo Goo Dolls phase, and Goo Goo Dolls have some of the most fucked up tunings in, in guitar. We look at like Iris, the most popular song. It's literally. Take the E string, drop it down to a low B, and then literally everything else is D. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting tuning there. Yeah, pretty well. And then you're just essentially playing like variations on power chords the, 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 whole, the whole time. Um, I forget the exact tuning for, for name, but it's something similar along the lines. I think it's like, it's D, A... I don't think it's dad gad, but it's like a variation on that on dad gad. I think it's I think the bottom two strings. I think the B is tuned up all the way to an E. Oh, I okay. believe wow. to sort of to sort of give like that twelve string guitar sort 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 of vibe. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I remember I remember talking. Yeah, I remember talking to a friend uh, who was doing a Google Dolls cover band, um, and he said our lead guitarist had five different guitars with five different tunings for their uh, for, for, for their for their set list. That's what's great about it. It shows you how, like, you can't do that with a piano. You can't do that with other instruments. A guitar is, like, one of the only instruments that you can take it and put it in 12 different tunings and, like, make a beautiful song out of. Uh, and that's why I love the guitar so much. Yeah, and what I love about what I love about the guitar, like what I love about that aspect too, is whatever is whenever you do find those different tunings, um, is that you come into like these different like. Like the like the variations on chords, I guess. Like you can throw in like throw in the second, or you can add in add in like this like the seventh or whatever. Um, like one of my favorite one of my favorite tunings, I guess, or one of my favorite chords is like an A two, um, and that's where you leave that 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 B string open. I think that's that sort of leaves like and leaves like an openness and like an interpretation of like like you have a couple of different options of 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 where of where to go with it. Um, and I know and like. To sort of go to go off of that, um, I always love they do it in the only exception by Paramore, and they do it in um, in the acoustic version of My My Hey Hey. Whenever um, it's the 
it goes like from E minor to G to D, and then they play a C. But it's the same thing. They take they take that index finger off the B string, so it's kind of like a variation on an E minor. And I find yeah. that really like haunting and really and really cool. Um, but let's do now. Let's move on to question number ten. Um, there we go. What artist is your guilty pleasure? So I. I- it may not be guilty pleasure anymore to say it, but I, I still think there's people that like look down on this artist uh, with his last two albums that came out, which were phenomenal. Uh, and that's Justin Bieber. I'm not talking about old Justin Bieber. I'm talking about when he hooked up with Skrillex and put that album out. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, I was blown away by how good the album was. Uh, and the second, and his, his new album that he brought out, uh, Last year, this year, I forget because we've been in quarantine for so long. Uh, but I mean, that has adult context to it. That has him living his real life and putting it into song form. And I think it's great. Uh, I think he's not hiding. He's not as much of a douche as he was. And I think he's kind of evolved as a human being. And I think it's kind of really great to see the progression. Uh, yeah, I, this is actually, yeah, this is the same uh, answer that I had for uh, my episode. Uh, I believe I said on, on that, on that episode where I was like, yeah, we can't talk about the early stuff because the early stuff is, is fucking crap. But then you have songs like, sorry, I think sorry is one of the best pop songs of the decade. Um, and then, um, what do you mean? I don't think is up there as well. But then when you mentioned Skrillex, all I can think of is, uh, I think it's called, where are you now? Um, yeah. yeah. And then his collaboration with Ed, with Ed Sheeran. Um, I think it's really shown shown some maturity, and oddly enough, I think it was um, this, it's sort of a tangent off, off of music, but I think you did really had a turnaround after his roast. Uh, if you were if you remember, he I I think remember it was two thousand. Oh my god, I was living in town at the time, two thousand and fifteen. I think. Yeah, I was about was, to say two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen. It's one of those yeah. years. Um, yeah, well, that was whenever they they made Carlton did a roast of him, and then it was so weird because after that he made such great music. Yeah, it's like people make fun of people; they get great music. Uh, that is not a statement to live by. Do not no. make fun of people. Let's no. not be cruel. I'm just trying to make you a better artist. <laughs> Yikes! All right, um, now question number eleven. Um, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting because I kind of disagree with you. Uh, what artist slash band do you think is overrated? Uh, yeah, no, I I can see people not not agreeing with me, but I think this artist has been shoved in my face so much. That's why I think he's he's overrated. I don't think he's as talented. I think he's talented. I just don't think he's as talented. Everybody makes him out to be. Uh, and that's Shawn Mendes. I think he's he's. He's a, he's a good artist. He he does okay. Like I just I'm not a huge fan of him. And uh, like there's people that love him that like are obsessed with him. Like it's okay. Senorita was a okay song. I didn't really like it, but it, it wasn't aimed towards me, which is the, uh, no whole bar. Not aimed towards me. I get it. I just uh. You know, uh, maybe he'll do a flip like Bieber did for me, but uh, I just I, I I'm not a huge fan. I just think uh, he's really popular for for making vines and cover videos. Okay, I would disagree with you. Uh, 
maybe, but also I think it's because well, one Sean Mendes is Canadian, and that doesn't really take into aspect of it. But it's also because we like like I've listened to him a little bit more. Um, he just he's on the radio more frequently, and he had other songs as opposed to Cinderella. Um, like treat you better, I think is is one of his one of his better ones. Uh, in my blood, I think is a really good example of uh, of his range. And then you think about like like your Harry Styles and like your Nick Jonas's, and I would even I would even say like the earlier times of Justin Timberlake, um, "There's Nothing Holding Me Back" would be another like good example of like of those guys where it's like I think he's trying to do the same things as them, and I think he's doing them just a little bit little bit better. Um, I could I with Cinderella, I definitely get it because that song got overplayed, and I think um, I think Camila Cabela uh, is not is not good. Um, how Havana got as successful as that song did, uh, I have no idea because that song is what? fucking trash. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Havana, na na na. It's not. It's not for you. It's not oh, for you. No, no. It's no, no. It's 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 the fucking mumble rapping that that, that that they do where you can't really make out anything that that he's saying, and it's just like, all right, let's just throw in a rap verse. Does it have to be good? Not really. Um, you know, we're just gonna let this be the shot. I think for Camilo Cabello to, to to shine. Um, but yeah, I think he's played here before as well. Um, I know I have some friends that are like that are massive fans, massive fans of him. So uh, yeah, whenever I saw this on the list, I was I was quite surprised. But I think I think I understand. It's similar to similar to other artists in that time, and I think it's like my general gripe with with radios with with like top forty radios in general because it's literally the same six fucking artists um, for like. For the for the entire day, so it's like, hey, did you hear that new Taylor Swift song? Well, you're gonna hear it again, and then Only after that, we're, yeah, and then we're gonna hear Megan Trainer's new song, and then uh, and then oh yeah, Nicki Minaj put out a new one. Uh, yeah, it's just they they've been getting better and better. They were throwing in more like 2000s and and 90s 90s stuff, uh, but yeah, it's. It's been it's been rough to to, to be uh, to be a top forty guy, uh, but let's move on to question number twelve. Uh, what's your favorite concert that you've been to? Yeah, uh, this is uh, this I think might might have been a little bit of a cheat, and I apologize if it is, but uh, I does not care at that point uh, because my favorite concert experience that I've ever had was the year I graduated. Uh, Vans Warped Tour 2007. Uh, it had it had some of the best lineup that Vans Warped Tour ever had. Um, it's just it was one of my favorite favorite events I've ever played at. Uh, I mean, just just to name a few of these bands, you had Alkaline Trio, Avenged, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, back when they were really good. Uh, Flog and Molly, Hawthorne Heights, Norma Jean, Newfound Glory. Uh, Under Oath, Yellow Card, uh, Paramore, Kill Switch, Engage, uh, and then Coheed. Uh, yeah, no, this this show was intense. Uh, it was so much fun. Um, yeah, I never really got experienced uh, of of Vans Vans Warp Tour. Um. I always like to for this for this question in particular. I always like to be like like what was like what was the setting? I guess and like was like I'm, I'm assuming obviously this was like this is during this is during the summer, um, and this would be like sort of like that mass that massive festival. Um, what were some of your highlights? Oh man! All right. So my favorite is uh, 
right, it was during yellow card set. Uh, I was all the way in the front. So I, was, I just stand at that stage because most of all the performances. Uh, and you get to have uh, the lead singer just jump into the crowd and crowd surf on you. Uh, and it was incredible. Uh, their performance was on point. Yellow Card has always been one of my favorite live performances. They're always just so good. And then getting to see, getting to see Coheed live in that setting is something that is unseen because it's it's hot. You're going there all day, and they were towards the end of the set, and they brought the entire crowd alive again. Like, I've seen the Wonder Years there, and they've done it, and I've seen, like, Killswitch Engage do it, but, like, it's like they were, they were, like, last band going, and it's like, You've been there since nine in the morning. It's now nine thirty at night, and Coheed starts playing their half-hour set, and they just the crowd lights up, and it's like it's incredible. It's 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 I, there's no experience like it, and I understand why people try to chase after that experience, like uh, with them bringing the Warp Tour back and doing the packages and stuff like that. But I'm like, guys, it's not the same thing. You're not yeah. doing the tours. You're not. You're making it inaccessible for people. So it's like, I, I can only, it. yeah, I can only imagine how Ocean Avenue is live. I, I imagine that's just like a, like a heart pounding sort of, a, sort of iteration. Yeah, uh, they played some of the classic ones. Um, they did Ocean Avenue, which was incredible because as soon as you hear it, it's da 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 da. The crowd goes nuts, and it's just like moshing all over the place. I think I got hit like four times that day in my face alone. <laughs> I was just like, hey, it was fine. It was fine. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it, don't hurt people in the mosh pits, kids. But uh, no, I, I think to go on, on the mosh pits, I think there was a time where because uh, my, my like I'm sure this is I'm, everyone take a drink. My wife uh, was a, was a was a big was a big like all ages show person back in the day. Like there was always these mosh pits, and I remember her telling me a story of I think she got elbowed in the face or something, or she got punched in the face. Uh, it was just her sort of accidental because people's arms were flinging, and like one of the biggest guys there was like, "Cool, back up, let me sure this girl gets up." Like let, like like sort of like halt the halt the motion for a second and then like I and then as soon as you as soon as you get up get right back into us. Uh, I just yeah. I love I love the culture of 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 Masha. It's really interesting. I don't think I would ever be in one because uh, it just seems like a surprisingly rough time. And as somebody who's played rugby, it's just like you know, <laughs> it's it's surprising that how how it, I just don't really have interest in it. If you don't want to run the risk of getting hit in your face, don't be in a mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> All but right, that's the only place. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, question number 13. Uh, what's your favorite soundtrack? Cool. Uh, so I, I I fought with myself a little bit because I was uh, – I really – I love soundtracks overall. Uh, all the way from, like, live recordings of uh, Broadway musicals to – you know, the big screen. Uh, and I was like, what soundtrack did I fall in love with instantly when I heard it? Um, like from a movie. Uh, Cause I wanted to do a movie and I went dazed and confused. I think it has one of the best soundtracks ever. Uh, it's got some of the greatest line, uh, some of the greatest songs that go with the movie uh, from schools out, Jim Dandy, Tush. Um, 
you got Cherry Bomb, which is great in the part that they play. And Tuesday's Gone, uh, which is a very underrated Leonard Skinner song. Uh, a lot of people like, you know, Sweet Home and, and you know, Simple Man. But it's like Tuesday Gone is a great song for that. I think this is ultimately like the combination of like what Guardians of the Galaxy wanted to be. Um because this is uh, kind of a movie about nothing, and it's a sort of it's a, it's a movie sort of like about celebration, and in ter- and just like just sort of having a good time. And I think this is a really good, really good e- eclectic mix. Um, like you have, I think, um, I think no more Mister Nice Guy. I think I think is one of the more one of the more synonymous um, one of the more synonymous uh, songs with with this movie as well. And then you go back to like. School's out and sweet emote and like sweet emotion. Um, I think Stranglehold is used used really really well in this, and it's just really that com- combination of like late seventies, early eighties. What I think what Richard McLeaner was trying to trying to really get 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 a hold of, um, and I think he does it really well. Um, I'm actually surprised that Days Confused hasn't been brought up uh, previous. Um, I believe you're the first. Yeah, you're the first person to ever bring it up, and this is this is considered like one of the top five, I think, soundtracks ever, and a lot yeah. of and a lot of a lot of people's lists. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of like, and especially how the way it's used in the movie, where it's not really like, it's not it's it's not really its own character, but it's sort of like a, a thing to like let the movie breathe. Cause a lot of yeah. times it's sort of, sort of just played, played it in, in, in between. Um, and I, and I like that. It sort of gives it a time to sort of separate scenes and like, cause I know there's a, they kind of go back and forth between, between a lot and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, let's move on to the last question. Oh no, sorry. Second last question. What local, what local act uh, should people listen to more? Uh, all right, so I've been um, I've been in the local scene for a long time, and there's there's bands that I could promote that are like really good and really out there already, and you know well established uh, that people might even actually know who they are if they listen to the show. But there's a band um, with uh, a few of my friends in it, and they're super solid. Their albums that they came out. It started originally. Uh, this band started originally as a kid with an acoustic guitar and it transformed into this and their name's Regurn, uh, and I think they're phenomenal. I think they're an incredible band. The, they are emphasis of where emo is going right now. Uh, the, the, the evolution of emo pop punk, like they're literally where emo is going right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Whenever I listen to these guys, I, I love how this question has essentially turned, turned into, Hey, Here's this pop punk band that nobody's that nobody's heard of that you need to go listen to because I listen to these guys and I'm like, yeah, these are just people that I would I would consider adding into my mix. Listen to them, and I'm like, yeah, like it's just it's pop punk, it's pop punk at, at its at its core, um, and I and that's what I, that's what I love about it, and I, I think and like sort of to go back on on the thing of like, um, of like ni- of like nineties in terms of in terms of pop punk, this like this kind of music doesn't really, doesn't really get talked about anymore, um, and like you look at like. You look at sort of like the, I guess the like really the Godfathers of of the scene, like your like eighty twos, your green like your green days, um, and like your Fall Out Boys, Bank of the Disco, Weezer. They, Weezer, well, yeah, Weezer, I think is the best example in the sense of terms of like how they sort of have just sort of went with the, like went with, went with the flow and sort of lost mm-hmm. what they're what they originally are. Um, that Black album is 
not good. Um, but their but their cover album was good, and I haven't listened to Van Weezer enough uh, to really to really give it really give it a chance. But yeah, um, I, I there's nothing that I could say about Regrown that I haven't said about other previous like pop punk bands and like for this question because it's literally. It's it's also one of its, its downfalls as well because it's just like it's so similar that it gets to a point where it's like I can't tell what band is which unless I've like I've listened to them like methodically over and over again. Like I'm just getting to a point now where I'm like, okay, this is a day to remember. Okay, this is Taking Back Sunday. This is All Time Low. Um, I'm starting to recognize those bands, but there's a few others like a new like I think a Newfound Glory is, is another one that I don't really get that I that I can't like distinguish on its own and. Um, um, oh my God! What's the name of another band? Breaking Benjamin is another one. Oh, okay. There's another one that Sue loves, and it's like you're in that same mix. Can't distinguish you from from uh, from all these all these other, all these other bands. Um, but question number fifteen. Now the last question of the day. Uh, what's your favorite one hit wonder? Yeah, so I was going through one hit wonders, and I was like, let's keep it in the nineties uh, and do a little. Steal My Sunshine by Len. Uh, this song comes on and it's kind of an instant bop. Like, what happened to them? Like, literally nothing. They had this song and then it was nothing. Um, they might still be performing, but like, I I don't know any of, of any other follow up hits for uh, Len. Well, let's look at uh, let's, t- let's take a look and see uh, if they have anything else. Uh, let's see, Lem Artist. So yeah, Steal My Sunshine at 59 million uh, listens on Spotify, um, and then they have 15 million uh, for like there's a, there's like a remastered version and then the single version, and then uh, oh, kids oh in America. yeah, kids yes, uh, yeah, for, totally forgot about that. And then after that, it's uh, it's literally nothing, like 246 uh, some. So yeah, it's definitely the most like one hit wonder band that you could ever think of um and it this weeks of 90s um like you look at like the at like the intro um and then like it's not his distortion but the effects that they throw in on his vocals in, in the chorus um it's just really like it's cheesy and corny but it's so 90s it's nostalgic so 90s. It's- yeah if you can't put like anything else in this, it's literally them riding mopeds down the Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, um, I love. Yeah, great. and this song usually like it, and it catches everybody too for that same reason. Like, like you play this song at like at, at the at the bar or whatever, like for, like for a dance. Like literally everybody just sort of sort of crowds in, and it's not necessarily everybody dancing. It's just people, just people, just people singing. Because it's such, it's like has that one hit wonder tropes of like a cat, like a catchy chorus. The verses are pretty, are pretty, uh, are pretty memorable. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, yeah. There's so many good things about uh, about Seal My Sunshine. Um, but that is going to wrap it up. Uh, this actually, this might actually be our shortest episode of uh, of, of jam of jam session. Uh, but I like I am, to be I like to be efficient for you, Brooklyn. I like absolutely. to be that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, I want to thank Doug for coming on. Miss Doug, is there anything that you want to plug that I wouldn't already know about? 
Uh, not really right now. Uh, everything's kind of on hiatus until everything gets back to normal. Uh, but definitely check out Multiplex Miscellaneous. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully multiple, we'll be back to normal Miscellaneous some Sundays. And then, yeah, uh, the plethora of content here on the Multiplex Entertainment Podcast Network. Uh, Multiplex of movies where you get the watch-along commentary. Uh, the Beanbag Boys, I believe, is also on here. Nerdgasm. Uh, Your List Sucks. Um, and then you get onto the YouTube channel. Uh, there is Movie Warzone, Fandom Fights, uh, the Nerdgasm video forums. Uh, what else am I missing? Video versions of Your List Sucks. Uh, there must be something else. Oh, yeah, TV as well. Um, and I think that's it. What else? There's nothing else that, I, that, I, that I'm missing, all two bucks wise. No, I don't think so. Well, be sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe, whatever you have to do. Rate, I think. Rate might be the things you have, you have to do on podcasts. Give I it think like so. give it five, Yeah, yeah. Give it, give it five stars. Give us a good review. Um, yeah, be sure to uh, check us out uh, next Monday, next two Mondays, where our guest is going to be uh, Chris Clark. Uh, I can I can only imagine that we're going to be talking about uh, Meatloaf and Billy Joel um, among that mix. So cheers, guys, and as always, drive safely.